0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, April 15th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Wall Street had a bang up first quarter as confidence grew in the US economy, and Suez Canal officials want to be compensated for freeing the massive container ship that disrupted global shipping last month. Plus, Deutsche Bank was long considered the sick bank of Europe, but investors have been showing more enthusiasm for Germany's largest lender. The FT's Patrick Jenkins puts Deutsche's turnaround into perspective. I'm Mark Filippino, here's the news you need to start your day. A slew of big U.S. banks are out with first quarter earnings this week. And three of the biggest lenders yesterday reported higher than expected profits. At J.P. Morgan Chase, earnings grew fivefold. Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo also had a strong quarter. They all benefited from the boom in investment banking, hot capital markets, and lower credit costs. The FT's U.S. banking correspondent, Imani Moise, says the stellar earnings were expected.
1: No surprise here. I mean, the comparisons were very, very easy for banks this quarter, because if you remember, first quarter last year was kind of the onset of the pandemic, super high uncertainty. So no one was really cutting deals. So what you saw is a lot of banks reporting like turbocharged growth in deal making and M&A investment banking fees. At Goldman Sachs, they were up 73%, up 57% at J.P. Morgan. Um, and that's just off of the super low lows that we saw last year. And then we also saw trading. Trading ended up growing yet again, um, even on top of the 30% growth we saw last year. So the higher revenue helped banks kind of report higher earnings this quarter.
0: No, Amani, there are some parts of the banking business that aren't doing too well. When, when we spoke earlier this week, you said you would be looking at the consumer side of things. And in particular, whether Americans were spending or depositing the most recent round of stimulus checks. Uh, w- what did you find?
1: Yeah, so... Um At JP Morgan and Wells Fargo, they said they saw slightly different trends. JP Morgan said about 30 percent of the most recent round of stimulus for consumers uh, went into savings and the rest either went to spending. But a lot of it went to paying down more debt, which is, of course, great for consumers and great for the economy, but not so great for banks, because if you're paying down those loan balances, it's harder for them to charge interest. And at Wells Fargo, they're saying they're still seeing about a 50 percent savings rate.
0: Imani Moise is the FT's U.S. banking correspondent. Thanks, Imani. Thank you. Germany's flagship bank, Deutsche Bank, has long been one of Europe's most troubled lenders. For years, it was wracked by scandals and trading losses and management infighting. There was even talk of a government bailout. But over the past year, its shares have doubled. To talk about what's behind the newfound investor confidence, I'm joined by the FT's deputy editor, Patrick Denkins. Hey, Patrick. Hi there. Patrick, briefly take us back to when things were not so good. How did they get so bad in the first place?
2: Well, I mean, it's a very sad story, really. If you go back to before the financial crisis of 2008, Deutsche Bank, it had seen itself certainly among a peer group of elite investment banks operating on a global basis It had been generating big profits, but it had also been taking a lot of risks. It was kind of operating on the edge, if you like. And a lot of the ways of operating from those years came back to haunt it over the decade that followed the financial crisis. And that all came at a time when it's underlying business had declined as well. So the thing that tipped it over into a real existential crisis at that point was the threat of a $14 billion fine from the US authorities over its pre-crisis sale of mortgage-backed securities. Ultimately, that number came way down. But for a few months there, there was a real fear that this bank could go down.
0: I think what's really striking about this is that Germany's really good at a lot of things, right? It's got the strongest economy in Europe. Its manufacturing sector is really efficient. And then you get to its banking sector and its largest bank in particular. And it's just so jarring to see that kind of difference.
2: Yeah, it's long been a contradiction. Germany has never really, certainly for decades, had a strong banking sector. But you could argue that it's actually one of the reasons why German industry has been successful because one of the problems in the german banking market is the low profits that commercial banks can earn and that's perhaps helpful in terms of a german industry getting cheap funding but obviously not helpful in terms of making for a robust banking sector
0: Mm. so going back to what's been happening more recently shares have bounced back the cost of insuring deutsche bank bonds has fallen which is a measure of how stable investors think the bank is uh, what's happened to make investors more confident?
2: A couple of things happened. Firstly, things didn't transpire as 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 badly as had been feared. I mentioned the uh, mortgage-backed securities settlement with the U.S. authorities that ended up being about seven billion in total, rather than the fourteen billion that had been put out there as a potential number. The bank did start to get a handle on its management issues. And at the same time, there was a technical change as well, that German bonds, which had had a different level of risk attached to them traditionally, the kind of structure of those changed to make them inherently less risky. So coming back from the brink, if you like, was partly a technical issue and partly a, a recovery in, in Deutsche's performance.
0: So Patrick, is, is the whole company thriving at this point, or are there certain pockets of it that are doing better or worse?
2: Well, I think this is what may worry investors is quite how sustainable the recovery is, because although management, when they announced their current strategy going back to the summer of 2019, they said that they wanted to wind down the relative importance of its investment banking operations, which are seen as inherently volatile. Actually, it's been the investment bank of late that has driven the recovery. For example, last year, the investment bank contributed something like 300% uh, of profits. In other words, they made about 3 billion of pre-tax profits versus the 1 billion at group level because other parts of the business were losing money. That's not a great state to be in in terms of thinking about what happens when the investment bank goes through tougher times and the cycle turns, for example. So uh, a lot of Deutsche Bank's business-like banks across Europe and other parts of the world, have been hit by ultra-low interest rates, which have shaved margins on lending right to the bone. So there will be a hope that when that trend reverses, those bits of the business will recover.
0: So does this all mean that Deutsche Bank is out of the woods? Is this a, a real turnaround for the bank?
2: I mean, I think we shouldn't get too excited about the recovery. The fact is that Deutsche Bank, although its shares have doubled in the past year, is still rated by investors as a pretty risky operation. Uh... The shares are valued at barely a third of their underlying book value. If you compare that to some of the American banks that are rated at close to two times their book value. So it's a huge gulf that's opened up here over the past 10, 15 years. There's still a very long way to go before European banks like Deutsche are back on the same page as as their American rivals, if ever they, they get there.
0: Patrick Jenkins is the FT's deputy editor. Remember the Ever Given? It's the massive container ship that blocked the Suez Canal a few weeks ago. Well, Egyptian authorities have seized it, and they're not letting it go until the ship's owners give nearly a billion dollars in compensation to cover the losses from the incident. That includes the cost of rescuing the ship, delays, and damage to the canal. This week, an Egyptian court backed the seizure of the Ever Given as talks continued between the Suez Canal Authority, the ship's Japanese owner, and its insurers. As for the Ever Given ship, which, if you remember, is as long as the Empire State Building is tall, is now parked in a wider section of the canal where traffic can pass. And before we go, the investment manager who orchestrated the largest Ponzi scheme in history died yesterday. Bernie Madoff was a prominent Wall Street broker and at one point chair of the NASDAQ stock exchange. And in 2008, he confessed that he had been running a multi-billion dollar Ponzi scheme and disguised years of losses. Among his clients who lost fortunes, Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel, and the Wilpon family, which owned the New York Mets baseball team at the time. Major pension plans had also invested with Madoff, and they lost money as well. Madoff was serving a 150-year sentence at a federal prison in North Carolina when he died. He was 82. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.